Hi, my name is Ryan Ye, and I'll be reading Matthew 13, verses 3 to 8 and 18 to 23. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. And when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seeds fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Listen, then, to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. This is God's word. Okay, well, I thought we could start off this morning with a quick little game. We started last week with a little game. I thought we could do another one. So this one's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to start to explain to you or to, to describe to you different people that uh, at least some people in this room will know uh, for each different person. Some of that will be more familiar to some of us who are older. Some will be more familiar to those of us who are a little bit younger. And so when we're not going to show a picture of who they are, but when you know who I'm talking about, you just yell out their name, okay? 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 All right. So the first person... This might be someone who some of the older people in the crowd know. Um, he, for many of us, is the person that comes to mind when we hear the word genius. Um, oh, my goodness, that was good. Yes, Einstein, Albert Einstein. Very good, yeah. He was right, theory of relativity equals mc squared. We all know that. Great, okay, next, next guy. This, this one might be more familiar to some of the, the younger crowd. This guy um, is a superhero who dresses up in like a high-tech robot suit. Oh, oh, what was it? Iron Man. Man. Yeah, absolutely, right? Tony Stark, Iron Man. So cool. Um, Okay, this one, we'll see who knows this person. This person is uh, currently ranked the number one female tennis player. And a lot of people say that she is the best. Pardon? Serena Williams. Yes. Has a sister named after one of the planets. That was going to be one of my other clues. I didn't get to it. Serena Williams. Awesome. Okay, this one, I don't know if anyone is going to know the name of this person, but I put it in there really um, for my son Isaiah, who's totally into this stuff right now, and there might be other people who are too, young and old. Okay, this guy um, owns the largest collection of Hot Wheel cars in the world. He has over 20,000 Hot Wheels cars, and he actually makes his own like real-life hot rods too, um, like roadsters or whatever, and he has so many Hot Wheels. He's known so well in the Hot Wheels community that Hot Wheels actually built one of, they made one of their own little cars 
after one of his real roadsters that he made. How cool is that? Anyone know this guy's name? No, his name is Michael Zarnock. There's a picture of him. Yeah, who would love to meet Michael Zarnock? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who would love to have Michael Zarnock's Hot Wheels collection? Or roadster, real Roadster collection? Yeah. Okay, this one is, is the last one we're going to do. She is a beautiful uh, princess with a signature braid that comes down her right shoulder. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Lives in an ice castle. Has a sister who loves her. Ice powers. Super cool. If you could, who would love to meet Elsa? Yeah. Who would like to be Elsa? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, that's our last one. What's one of the things that all these people have in common in one way, shape, or form? I would say one of the things that they all have in common is at least in some way, we could say that they have arrived. Um, that they have like done something or accomplished something that's really, really significant, that they've kind of made a mark on their world, or at least on many of us, um, that they've done something that's kind of made them happy or people around them happy. Uh, and, and there's something about each one of these people, some of us more than others would say, oh, there's something about that person that I would love to be like, that I would love to have. In some way, shape, or form, they've all kind of um, arrived. And I think there's, there's a reason that we have uh, famous people. There's a reason that we do, because there's something kind of inside of all of us that wants something that they have, right? We all want this sense of having like a full life, kind of a sense of having achieved something meaningful or being part of something meaningful and significant of the world, kind of having a sense of like success or achievement in what we're doing, a sense of like contentedness and happiness and joy in our lives, we all kind of want a sense of like having left our mark or making a difference in the world, and we all want our lives to be full, right? To be full of, uh, of good things that we need and that we want. We want our lives to be full of people who love us and who we love, and we want our lives to be uh, free, free from things like worry and anxiety and fear and uncertainty. We want our lives to be free from all that. All of us have this kind of inbuilt longing in, in our hearts in each of our lives to kind of have that full life. And, and so for many of us, we spend a lot of our time either doing things to kind of pursue that in different ways, whether through our work or our family, um, or different ways that we spend our time and our money and our resources or whatever, or we make much of people who have. We make much of people who have got there, right? That's why we all know the names of most of the people that were on the screen. And I think what's really cool about Jesus is that he understood that. He understood that that was kind of a longing that is built into every one of our hearts, this longing to kind of have a full life, this longing to kind of have joy and contentedness and a sense of significance that we've done something meaningful in our lives. Um, and it might look you know, a little bit different for each individual or different across different cultures or different times, but at the same time, it's something that every one of us has. And I think that's one of the reasons that Jesus told these stories that we've been talking about over the last few weeks. And can anyone remember the name of the stories that we call that Jesus told? What's that special name, that P? Parables, yeah. I think that's why Jesus told many of these parables, because actually, the themes and the images that kind of come up in a lot of the parables and a lot of the stories that Jesus told were about just that, were about things 
that we're all about our longing, our desire, and even God's desire for us that our lives would be full. And so a lot of the parables that Jesus told, some of them had to do with things like uh, feasting and celebrating and like wedding feasts. And he was telling us and reminding us, yeah, this is the kind of joy that God wants in our life. And a bunch of other parables or stories that Jesus told were about things like um, business and having success and making good financial decisions and gaining a profit. Because he knows this is actually what we, we, we want to have lives that are kind of profitable, that are doing well, that are successful. And actually God wants that kind of goodness, that kind of profitness, profit for our lives. And then there's another theme, there's another picture that Jesus often used in kind of how he taught and the stories that he told. Can anyone think what that might be? What's right here? Yell it out. Fruit. Yeah, fruit. Um, in a number of different stories, and in the one we're going to look at this morning, the one that Ryan just read here, Jesus used this picture of fruit. And fruit would have been a really uh, kind of under, like it would have been understood by a lot of the people that would have listened to Jesus when he was here and teaching in this world because a lot of the people that he spoke to were farmers. And they would grow crops that would, when they were mature, they would produce different kinds of fruit. And so farmers understood that fruit was this picture of what it meant to have a whole, a full, like an abundant life. Um, because, um, well, first of all, in order for a plant to be able to grow fruit, it has to be healthy, right? It has to be healthy and strong, and all the stuff around it needs to be right in order for just it, for it to be able to grow fruit. But more, for a farmer, fruit meant that it was food, for them and for their family. Uh, and so it meant they would be able to provide for their families. For farmers, if their crop grew a good fruit, it meant that their families would be okay for another year because they'd be able to sell it and make some money and be able to take care of their families. So they'd know for a whole other year. So it meant kind of security. It meant that they'd be okay. And fruit meant in many ways it was kind of success for them, right? When their crops were, uh, grew and they became mature and they were able to harvest their fruit, it meant, ah, all my labor, all my hard work and toil has been worth it. And so Jesus used this image of fruit to kind of remind us, yeah, this is, this is what it means to have a full, a whole, an abundant life. And so it's the image that he uses when he talks about this story of the four kinds of dirt. And one of the things I haven't done yet is actually call kids up because Nicole and uh, Melissa are both going to be here, just down here, and they are going to help you guys put together a little craft this morning as I'm talking about the fourth kind of dirt, which is why I only have three uh, right here. And so just so we can manage the number of kids, we're going to try to do this in like two uh, groups. So if I can have all of the kids that are on each side section and all the kids that are in the front section, you can come up right now and Nicole and Melissa will help you guys work together on this craft. And then all the kids in the middle section, hold on. Um, when all these kids are done their craft, uh, Nicole and Melissa will just kind of motion for you guys to come down and then you can come down too. So we'll kind of do it in two stages, okay? Excellent. And so Jesus told this story, and it was, it was a story that was ultimately about fruit, but he told it in terms of four different kinds of dirt. And he said, there are three kinds of dirt, there are three kinds of soil that can be in our lives that ultimately will produce no fruit. But there's a fourth soil that's going to produce tons of fruit, 30 times, 60 times, 100 times the amount of fruit that compared to what was planted. It's this picture of fullness, of abundance that he wants. And he's told, he told this story because 
Like, he knows that we want that for our lives, and actually he wants that for our lives too. And at the same time, he wants us to understand what it is for us to have that kind of soil. And he wants us to understand what it means that his words are like seed, and our hearts and the way we hear is like soil. Um, and he said, there's all sorts of stuff that can get in the way of, um, of receiving the seeds deeply into the soil of our hearts, of our lives. And so I just want to walk you through really quickly kind of each one of these soils that Jesus talked about when he was talking about this parable of the four soils. He said the first pair or the first soil was the path. And he said, some of the seeds fell on the path and the birds came and they ate it up. And so this is my bucket that has some concrete in it. It's like a path. And as Jesus was talking about the path and the, and the farmer that was sowing these seeds, the people that were listening to him, they would have understood what he was talking about because back in that time, a number of people had their own fields and their fields would be lined up kind of side by side. And obviously the farmers wouldn't want to walk over their crop because they could damage it if they were walking over. And so what they would do is they would form these little paths that would go in between each field. And they would simply form them by walking over them. And over time, they would walk back and forth to get to the other side of their field, to get to a field maybe a few down or whatever. And over time, as these paths would be walked on and trampled on, the dirt in them, they wouldn't add anything to them, but just the dirt in them would get kind of packed down and trampled on and pushed down more and more. And it would kind of get compacted to the point where it was really hard. Can you hear that? It was really, really hard. So hard that if seeds fell on it, it wouldn't be able to kind of penetrate or get past the surface of the soil. And so Jesus said a little bit later when he was explaining this, he said, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. And this is the seed that was sown along the path. And Jesus said, when anyone hears the word and does not understand it, that word understand that Jesus was talking about, uh, in, the, in the language that Jesus spoke, when he used that word, it didn't so much mean, like, do you understand what I'm saying? Can you understand it in your mind? Do you know what I mean? It's a word that actually meant to understand, to actually bring it into your life, to receive it into your life, to let it get past the surface of our, of our, of our hearts and to kind of internalize it, to allow it to become something that is like not just a truth out there, but a truth in here. And so Jesus was saying, anyone that hears the word and doesn't allow it to come in, to penetrate past the surface, is someone who's like the path. Um, and so we could say in many ways, Jesus was talking about what it means when we listen with a hard heart, with soil that is like a hard heart. And I think there's lots of different reasons why we can kind of grow to have hearts that are hard. I think there's all sorts of reasons. And I think for each one of us in different ways, our hearts can be hard. I think for some of us, it's because in one way or another, over time, we ourselves have been trampled on. We've been kind of walked over, maybe by friends or people in our family or other people that are close to us. Maybe we've been hurt or betrayed or kind of let down over and over, maybe by people in the church or maybe by just by circumstances in our life. Things have been happening in our life, maybe with our health, maybe with our job situation, whatever it might be. And oftentimes, one of the things that it can feel like is that God is the one who's doing the trampling. Why would he allow this kind of stuff to happen in my life? And so if God is the one who's allowing this difficult stuff, if he's the one that's trampling over me, there's not much that I want to hear from him. I think there's another way that our hearts can be hard. 
not just if, if we're trampled over, but I think some of us can often feel like, you know what? I'm kind of like a path. Uh, I've got like direction in my life. I know where I'm going. I've got purpose. I've got vision. I'm headed towards somewhere. And not just that, but people actually need me. They need me to get from here to there. And without me, where would they be? And I don't need someone else speaking into my life. I'm doing really well, thank you very much. I think there's all sorts of reasons. Sometimes it's because of stuff that's really bad that's happened to us. Sometimes it's because of stuff that's really good that's happened to us that, that our hearts can become hard, like the path where we can listen with a hard heart. Um, Jesus then talked about the rocky soil. And he said, some of the seed fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. So here's my picture of the rocky soil. And it probably wasn't exactly like this, but they would have understood what Jesus was talking about here too because a lot of this, um, the ground in Palestine where Jesus was, where he was speaking, actually had a base of limestone rock. And in many places, there was just like a thin layer of soil that was over it. And so if seeds were planted in soil like that, they would be able to begin to take root. But then the hot sun of the Middle East would come up and those seeds wouldn't last for long because their roots wouldn't be able to go, <clears throat> go down deep enough into good soil. They'd get stuck at the rocks, couldn't get past the rocks. And so they might start off really well and look great, but soon, as the hot sun kind of came on the soil, the soil would dry up, the roots wouldn't go down deep enough, and they would wither away and die. And I think in a lot of ways, Jesus here, when he was talking about uh, the rocky soil, he wasn't so much talking about what it means when we listen to his words with a hard heart, but he was talking about what it means when we listen to his words with a shallow heart, with a shallow heart. Um, I think for many of us, oftentimes, like it's easy to believe God's words. It's easy to trust him and to follow him when things in our life are going well. Um, but it's when difficulties come, especially when difficulties come if we're following his words. It's like, oh, I was supposed, I was doing what you told me to do and now all of a sudden life is harder than it was before. That's not what I signed up for. Oftentimes we can kind of approach God as one who is meant to just make good things happen in our life is meant to kind of bring blessing, is, he's the one who's meant to kind of answer our prayers to help things go well. And when we go through periods of difficulty or struggle or challenge or suffering, especially when it's because we've been fun, like I was doing what you told me to do, what I know you wanted me to do, and now things are actually harder. Ah, that's when times we can get frustrated, we can get confused, we can doubt, and sometimes we can say, well, if that's what it meant, that's not what I signed up for at all. I think part of the problem with that is because we listen with a shallow heart. Um, we want Jesus to be one who um, gives us services instead of one who is our savior. We want him to do just nice things for us and to meet the, the, the problems that we have that are kind of temporary and shallow in here, but we, we forget, we so easily forget that he actually came not just to kind of solve the, the temporary or temporal issues in our lives, but he came to solve the deepest problems in our life, the deepest brokenness in our life that is so often kind of at the root of all the other problems that we struggle with in life. He came to deal with the sin that's at the center of all of us, that brings about brokenness in our life, and to do something that is so much deeper than what the shallow soil 
is willing to kind of receive. Okay, then Jesus talked about this third kind of soil. What do you think this kind of soil was? Thorny, yeah, thorns and thistles and all that kind of stuff. And so here's what Jesus said. He said, other seed fell among the thorns and that grew up and choked the plants. Um, and then a little bit while uh, later, he explained that and he said, the seed that fell among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Making it unfruitful. And, and I think what he was talking about here was not so much listening with a hard heart or listening to his words with a shallow heart, but listening with a divided heart. And so what do you think would happen if I was having a conversation with you? What do you think would happen if I just kind of put my hand right in the middle of this thistle and grabbed around it really tightly? What do you think might happen? What do you think I might do? Anyone? I would cry. I would scream. Yes, I would sob and curl up like a baby and cry. Um, and there's no way I'd be able to hear what you were saying. I would be too busy screaming and it would totally drown out your words to me. There's no way I would be able to hear what you were saying if I had my hand kind of right in the thick of all of those weeds. Because there'd be so many other things poking at me and pinching at me and prodding at me. I wouldn't be able to pay attention to your words. And Jesus says, <clears throat> those who listen with a divided heart are people, are those of us who are just like seeds being planted in, a, in soil with thorns and thistles. There's so many other things that can come in and kind of crowd out his words to us. And he said there's two things especially that can kind of act like thorns and thistles in our life. He said the worries and anxieties of this life and the pleasures of wealth or the deceitfulness of wealth, he said. So I think he's talking about kind of things on two ends of the spectrum, like things that both cause us anxiety and worry and fear and things that can cause us great pleasure. Anxieties and pleasure, they can both um, be like thorns and thistles in, in our life. And often, especially in terms of like when Jesus is talking about the deceitfulness of wealth, there's a reason that it's deceitful. Because often, you know, the pursuit of like having nice things, or there's many other pleasures in our life, all these things, you know, whether it's having nice things or being able to feel like secure for our future or being beautiful or being popular, all these things can be kind of things that cause pleasure in our life or things that cause worry and anxiety in our life, but often they're things that, that lie to us because tell us, they tell us that they're actually the things that can give us that fullness in life that we're actually looking for. But Jesus is saying, no, don't be fooled by it. Don't be like the seed that's planted in the thorny soil because you're gonna get choked out and fruit won't ultimately come if those are the things that we're trying to root ourselves in. If we're rooting ourselves in the anxieties of our life and the pleasures of, of, of wealth, you know, the things that can kind of get us choked up. And then he talked about a fourth kind of soil. What kind of soil was that that Jesus talked about? Say it nice and loud. The good soil. Yes, hold your cups up, guys. Who has some cups of good soil? Hold them up nice and high. Yeah. So hopefully, within a few days, if you guys take care of your good soil, you're going to see some seeds that sprout out from that. And so Jesus says, still, there's some other seed, and it fell on good soil. And it produced a crop, crop of fruit, 160 and 30 times what was sown. And then Jesus explained what he meant by that. A little later, he said, the seed that fell on good soil, that 
refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. He uses that same word again, that understands it. Remember, it doesn't just mean, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you understand what I'm saying? It means, no, hears the word and actually receives it. That allows the word to kind of go past the surface of our minds into our hearts and receives it as something that is for us. You know, not just out there, but in here. He said it's, it refers to someone who hears the word and understands it or receives it. And this is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred or sixty or thirty times what was sown. So Jesus is talking about what does it mean to have soil in our hearts that can actually hear his words that are given to us so that amazing fruit is going to come. And he's saying it means to have to listen with hearts that aren't hard and refusing to let God in, right? And to listen with hearts that aren't shallow and are only looking to God or to Jesus to kind of provide like the temporary solutions to our shallow problems rather than the deep solutions to the brokenness of our sin. Or listening, it's not soil that listens with kind of all these divided attentions and distractions that can get in the way of hearing his voice. But it's listening with a heart that's soft, a heart that's deep, a heart that's clear, so that we can kind of receive these seeds and so that they can do their work both in and out of us. And I think one of the things um, that has struck me as I've been kind of thinking about and reflecting and praying through this passage over the last couple weeks is that, you know what? This story is an incredible gift to us because um, it tells us that Jesus knows exactly what we're like. Tells us he knows exactly who we are. And he's reminding us, he's actually saying, do you know who you are? Because I think sometimes when people talk about this story, they say, well, there's these four kinds of soil. Which soil are you? Are you the good soil or are you the hard soil? Right? I don't think, I think he understands that we're so much more kind of complex or complicated than that. He knows that for most of us, we have parts of every single kind of this soil in our lives. We have parts of us that are hard and unwilling to hear what he actually wants to speak into our lives. We have parts of us that are shallow. We have many parts in us that are divided. And then we have parts in us that are receptive and that actually want and long to hear God's voice in our life. And he knows that even though we are this totally mixed bag of soils, you know what's so amazing about this story? It doesn't say, so the farmer stopped scattering seed on all of this stuff. He says the farmer scattered seed knowing that some of it was going to land in hard places and some was going to land on shallow places and some was going to land on thorny places, but there would be some that he knew would land in good places. And all this stuff that we have in our lives, it doesn't keep Jesus from sowing his seeds in our life. It doesn't keep him from speaking in our lives. Isn't that an amazing thing? Isn't that an amazing thing? Jesus knows exactly who we are. He knows exactly what we're like and he's not willing to give up on us. He's not willing to stop speaking. And so, if there's one thing that I want uh, you to take away from this morning, here's your big picture idea for uh, kids, for those of you who are in Gospel Project. Here's uh, uh, what I'd love for you to remember today. It's this, because Jesus knows exactly who we are. He knows exactly what he's like, or what we're like, and this is the thing that he's telling us. He's saying, if you wanna bear fruit, you gotta let the word take root. Can you say that with me? Can we say it together? Ready? If you want to bear fruit, you got to let the word take root. And Jesus tells us this story about four different kinds of soils to say, you know what, guys? I know exactly what you are. I know exactly what you're like. 
And I want to invite you constantly. Even though we know that seed is going to land on some of these places, come closer. I'm not going to stop sowing seed. Come closer. Let my word come deeper into you because that's what will bear amazing fruit in your life. But that's not the only thing that Jesus is actually telling us with this story because it's not a story that's just about soil. It's a story that's also about seeds, right? And Jesus said um, in this parable, he said in verse 19, the seed is the message of the kingdom. The seed is the message of the kingdom. And this, is, uh, this story is also in the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of Mark. And in Luke, it says the seed, Jesus said, is the word of God. And both of those things are really interesting because we can understand both of them as both the words of Jesus. Jesus came and he spoke the word of God. He spoke that to people when he taught and when he preached and, and the things that he did. But he also came and taught and spoke about the message of the kingdom. But um, the kingdom of God, right? And he said, ah, oh, it's a very different kingdom to, than to the kingdoms and the kind of the power structures that exist in the world today. But it wasn't just that. Both of these things can actually refer to Jesus himself because Jesus said, the kingdom is here. It's with you now because I am with you now. And so I'm the one that defines the kingdom of God. And I am the one who is the word of God. I'm actually God's message to you in human form. And so Jesus is talking about the seed being both his words, but also he himself. And so what does it mean to receive him deeply into our life? <clears throat> but I think even more than that, what does it mean that he actually describes himself as a seed? And so if he says the seed is this message of the kingdom, he's actually giving us a picture that it kind of pits against what the kingdom of God is like, what he is like, compared to what the kingdoms of this world are like. And if I could give you an analogy, I would say, the, in many ways, the kingdoms of this world, the way that we so often work in this world, is much more like a boulder than a seed. And yet Jesus is saying, the way that I work, my kingdom, it's like a seed. So let me just give you a few examples. Because boulders, when a boulder is dropped onto the ground. It comes with strength and with force. And those are things that kingdoms, that countries, that armies, those are things that we often highlight, strength and force. And yet he said, my kingdom is like a seed. And when a seed comes, it comes quietly. It comes gently. It never forces its way in. Jesus will never force his way into our life. He will never come the way that a boulder comes. When a boulder comes, it will, it will produce change in the soil, right? If it's dropped on the soil, it's going to make a dent in the soil. Um, but in many ways, that change is going to be surface change. It's going to be outside change. When a seed comes, it, it produces change in the soil. But it's inside change. It's underneath the surface. It's not surface stuff. It's below the surface. It's inside the heart. Um, when a boulder comes, if it's dropped on the soil, it's going to change things really suddenly and drastically. When a seed comes, it changes things gradually, gently. Um, when a boulder comes, it might change the shape of the land, right? It's going to produce some change. But when a seed comes, over time, it doesn't just change the shape of the land, of the soil. It actually transforms it into something totally different into something completely new. And so Jesus is saying to us, you know, I know who you are. I know what you're like, but I want you to know who I am. I want you to know what I'm like. 
I'm not going to stop scattering the seed of myself, of my presence, of my life-giving words into your life. But this is who I am. This is how I'm going to come. I'm not going to force you or pressure you or, or manipulate you or focus on the external stuff, on the outside stuff. I'm going to come and do a work that is gentle, that requires you to receive me, um, and that is going to change you into something that you won't even recognize when I'm done with you. And this amazing promise that we have in this story is that he's going to keep scattering seed. He's going to keep scattering seed, and he's not going to give up on us. And so, uh, I just want to kind of close by giving you a couple, uh, 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 two dirty questions, if we can call it that, that just to kind of finish. Because I think what we've said from the beginning, we all want fruit to be born in our life. And Jesus actually wants fruit in our life more than we do. He wants our lives to be whole and, and, and meaningful and, and deeply rooted. And he's saying, I actually have the words of life for you. And so there's simply two kind of questions that can help us kind of reflect on, you know, what's the kind of mixed bag of soil that's in our own hearts in this season of your life? Because I think we could all say that if we're honest, we have all four types of soil in different ways. And so the question, one question I have for you is, um, how can you add a little bit more good soil into your life right now? How can you add? Think about it. Like just right now, this week, how could you add a little bit more good soil into your life right now? Um, is there anything that you could either add into your life or take away from your life that might make some more room for good soil in your life? Uh, a couple real simple suggestions. Um, <clears throat> something that you might be able to take away. Is there any periods of time that you could just have as like media blackout times? And so whether it might be uh, driving in your car uh, to work, you know, having the radio on or having your cell phone going while you're driving or whatever, could you just say that could be a media blackout time? I'm just going to allow that to be freed up space uh, for God to be able to speak. Maybe another media blackout time could be like meal times. I know for many of us, we have like cell phones going on, we have TV going on, we have radio going on while we're eating as a family. And why, why not say, you know, well, let's just try it for the next week. Let's make some space for more good soil to happen so that conversation can happen, so that we can listen to one another, so that we can say, hey, well, let's actually invite God into this conversation as well and see where it goes. Could we have some media blackout times just to kind of make some more space for good soil? Um, that's just one example. There could be a whole bunch of others that you might be able to do to add some good soil into your life right now. Um, second dirty question, how can you allow some more seed into your life right now? I think this amazing thing is that one of the things that the Bible says is that God is actually always talking. He's always speaking. He says creation is actually crying out things about God, about what he's like and about his love for us. He's given his, us his word, which is always available to us. He speaks to us through people, through circumstances. God is always speaking. And so <clears throat> that's just kind of one more reminder. He's constantly sowing seed. But how can you open yourself to allow a little bit more seed to come into your life right now? Um, one very simple way would be to say, like, what, you know, if, if someone were to ask you, like, what role does the Bible play in your life? Um, some of you, it plays a very big uh, or, or regular role in your life, and it shapes the way that you think and talk, and you're in it regularly, and others, not very much. And so is there a way that simply the Bible could just play a bit more of a role in your life this week? Whether you take it, you know, if you were to take about five minutes a day, you would be able to read to the entire New Testament in a year. 
The entire New Testament, you'd be able to read all these incredible stories about what Jesus did and, and some of the things that he taught and the ways that he revolutionized the world and the ways that the church grew and things that are absolutely transforming for us. Five minutes a day, could you do that? You know, many of you know that we have CBR, our community Bible reading. We have a daily reading on our church's website for every day of the week except Sunday, because you're here on Sundays. Um, could that be something that you begin to take part in? There's many other ways, whether you're in your car and you choose to, rather than listen to sports radio, listen to worship music or to sermons or to audio books that can allow more seed to fall in your life. And you know, I think it's an amazing thing to know that every time we allow seed into our life, this is what we're, we're allowing it to come on. And so I think sometimes we can get discouraged when we open the Bible and read it because we think, oh, this wasn't this amazing, life-transforming moment. But it's because every time we open up the Bible, the seed is falling on all this kind of stuff. And so it doesn't often feel like something amazing or incredible is happening. That's not how seeds work. Seeds work gently. They work slowly. They work gradually. But over time, they bring about a kind of transformation. Even though many of them land on here, over time, the sower will be faithful to bring about a kind of transformation that is way bigger than we could ever uh, possibly imagine. I'm going to invite the worship team to just come up as I close here. Because I think this is the reality of what Jesus is getting at with this story of the four kinds of dirt. That we all want our lives to be fruitful. We all want our lives to be whole and to be good. And this beautiful message of this kind of cool story is that Jesus knows exactly what we're like. He knows exactly what we're like. And he wants us to know who he is like. <clears throat> and he's calling to us. If you want to bear fruit, if you want to bear fruit, let my word take root. If you want to bear fruit, let my word take root. And so what would that look like in your life today? To make a little bit more room for good soil, to make a little bit more room for seed to fall in your life and to see what kind of fruit Jesus brings about in your life. I just want to bless you as you go this morning. We're going to do a couple things after this benediction, but uh, um, as I was thinking about it, like I think sometimes we can kind of lose the motivation to add more good soil into our life because we lose the vision of the fruit that Jesus actually wants to bear. And so that's what I want to bless you with this morning. I want to bless you with a vision, a renewed, a clear sense of vision of the kind of fruit, not just that you want to come from your life, but that he wants to come from your life because his desires for you are greater than yours will ever be. What he wants to make you into is more beautiful, more whole, more full than what you would ever desire for your life. And so I want to bless you this morning with a clearer vision of the fruit that he wants you to bear. Will you receive that today? Amen.